trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Good morning, Peachtree Church. How are y'all doing today? I am so glad to hear it. I brought along some things to help illustrate a couple of points in the message here this morning um, that are here inside this box. I did bring um, some marbles. I'm going to just set that right there. There are four of you, and I am certain that it's only four of you who have not yet come to me and made a joke about Barry losing his marbles, all right? So I invite those four to go ahead and do it, and then we will be at 100%, all right? That'll be perfect. I have something in here that, in my opinion, is the scariest thing in all the world. It is the most frightening, scary thing you will ever look at. You want to see it? Maybe? Now, quickly, just put aside all that junk about, oh, I don't look good. You are created in the image of God, and you are a gorgeous and beautiful creature, all right? That's not why this is scary. The reason this is scary is that because when I look in it, I know that guy. And I know the thoughts that no one else ever sees or hears. I know how angry he can be. I know his ability to utterly destroy the image of God in someone else by just thinking horrible, destructive thoughts about them. I know his penchant for sin, and I know his utter depravity except for the grace of Jesus Christ. And this, it's pretty frightening. Because I don't like what I see. This summer, we're doing a series called Sacred Sound Bites, looking at some passages in the book of Proverbs. Today, we're going to look at our character. We're going to look at who this person really is. Our character and how to develop a more godly character. And we're going to look at some verses from Proverbs 15. Here are two to kind of get us started. Proverbs 15.3 says, The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. You know, I might have these thoughts that you don't know, but God knows them. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere. He's intimately involved in our lives. And verse 16 says, Better a little with fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. Just like the song said, you can have all this world. Give me Jesus. A little of walking with God is better than anything else. So to set this message up, we are going to hear from a character in Victor Hugo's classic novel, Les Miserables. A novel that was made into a musical, quite possibly the greatest musical of all time. The central character, Jean Valjean, is facing a dilemma. He has an easy way or a difficult way, and he's thinking through and asking the question of looking in the mirror. 
Let's hear what he has to say. thinks that man is me, he knew him at a glance. This stranger he has found, this man could be my chance. Why should I save his hide? Why should I right this wrong? When I have come so far and struggled for so long. If I speak, I am condemned. If I stay silent, I am damned. I am the master of hundreds of workers. They all look to me. Can I abandon them? How will they live if I am not free? If I speak, I am condemned. If I stay silent, I am damned. Who am I? Can I condemn this man to slavery? Pretend I do not see his agony. This innocent who bears my face, who goes to judgment in my place, who am I? Can I conceal myself forevermore? Pretend I'm not the man I was before. And must my name until I die be no more than an alibi? Must I lie? How can I ever face my fellow man? How can I ever face myself again? My soul belongs to God, I know. I made that bargain long ago. He gave me hope when hope was gone. He gave me strength to journey on. Who am I? Who am I? I'm Jean Valjean. And so Javert, you see it's true. This man bears no more guilt than you. Who am I? Two, four, six, oh, If I speak, I am condemned. If I stay silent, I am damned. Who am I? Who am I? Do I take the easy way that will save everything? And yet Valjean chose the right way and allowed himself to be arrested and taken away. Let's take a look at some sacred sound bites that teach us about who we are and who God calls us to be. Here is the message this morning summarized in one statement. Character is about being obedient. You are welcome to get up and leave. That is the message. 
I hope you'll stick around for just a little bit and let me unpack that a bit. Characters about being obedient. So let's take a look at that. First point is that character means doing the right thing in spite of the voice of opposition. Verse 4 of chapter 15 says this. It says, the soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Friends, there will always be a perverse tongue. There will always be a deceitful tongue that's trying to get us to do the wrong thing. Character is about doing what God commands, even when every single other voice says differently. Character is about obedience. So let me ask you, whose voice commands your attention? To whose voice do you give your allegiance. Character and integrity is about listening to the one voice that matters. About listening to God's voice. The distinction here, the distinction is not between something that's easy and something that's hard. Or something that's pleasant and something that's unpleasant. The the distinction here truly is the difference between right and wrong. We must be people of the right way. People of God's way. Valjean had a choice. There was an easy way for him. He chose the right way. Who am I? He he asked that question, how could I ever face myself again if I go the easy way? This is the right way in spite of any voice that tells you differently. I was thinking when I was writing this sermon that, that so much of our Christian life, when people look at me or look at you, that they can tell a lot of aspects by how we behave. Am I a person of compassion? Well, you can look at me and you can see whether I treat people compassionately or not. Am I a person of courage? Well, you can look and you can see. Do I act with courage or do I uh, take the, the easy way out? But character, character is on the line when no one else is looking. Our character is on the line when no one else will ever know what you did. And so that perverse tongue, that deceitful voice, there will always be a voice that says, it's okay. Just one time won't matter. Don't worry about it. No one's ever going to find out. It's not that big of a deal. Everybody else is doing the same thing. That voice of opposition. Character is doing the right thing when every voice says otherwise. Secondly, character is about acting on what you're called to do. 
It's not just hearing the voice or God's voice or reading God's word, but it's actually making the choice to act on it. Proverbs 15, 9 says this, the Lord detests the way of the wicked, but he loves those who pursue righteousness, that make a conscious choice, a conscious decision that the way they're going to behave is in God's righteousness, all right? I'm going to show you a face here that I promise you it's going to melt your heart. Here she is. That's Kenza. She's my grand dog. And she loves you. And you can say, well, I've never met her. And I said, it doesn't matter a bit. She loves you. Because that's her nature. Here's another picture of her. Look at that tongue. And that schmoopy face. Here's the thing about obedience. I think we think of it like dogs. You can train a dog to be obedient, right? All you have to do is reward their good behavior with a treat or punish their bad behavior. And by reward and punishment, the dog can learn to do what you want or don't want them to do. And if that's what we've reduced God to, that our obedience is, oh, here's a little treat for being a good boy or girl. Here's a little punishment for not doing the right thing. Then we've reduced God to being a dog trainer. But God gave to us the ability to choose, to act on the right thing. It may not be what we want to do. It may not be the natural inclination but we can evaluate and say, I choose to act on the right thing. You see, a dog can't do that. The dog cannot say, I see the value in not eating the sandwich off the table. And even though my natural inclination is to eat that, I'm not going to. Because when you turn your back, she's going to eat the sandwich off the table, let me tell you. And she has. <laughs> Only humans can make that choice, that commitment. In his book, John Ortberg says the same thing. He says, only humans can make that choice, that commitment. He says, a dog can't. If they could, they would. And then they would go to the ends of the earth to show you their commitment to doing the right thing. If a cat could, she would, and then would break it and laugh in your face. It's choosing the right way. We get no credit for saying, I know what God wants. It's only when we do it. You know, Jesus told a parable about that. He, he told a story, we read it in scripture, about a father who has two sons. And he says to the first one, go out and work in the fields today. And the son says, I will. But he never goes. And he says to the other son, go out and work in the field today. And the son says, I will not. But he goes. And then Jesus asked, who did the will of his father? It's not the one who said it, who spoke about it. It's the one who acted on it, who actually did it. So things like, oh, I intended to, I meant to, I always wanted to. Obedience is when we act on what we're called to do. 
Well, I want to help you out in this. And so, again, with my little box here, I have got two easy ways for you to be obedient. All right? Two things that you can do. A couple little tools that will help you as you take God's word and try to be obedient to it. First one. We go to Galatians, to Galatians chapter 5, and we read, serve one another in love. That's kind of hard. I mean, I can serve some people in love. I can't serve everyone in love. So here's how to be obedient. You just take this and you write, as long as it's convenient. There. Serve one another in love as long as it's convenient. I can be obedient to that, right? Or here's another one. This is also an easy way to be obedient. In Matthew 19, Jesus is talking to the rich young ruler, and the rich young ruler is asking him about eternal life. And Jesus says to him, you lack one thing. Go sell everything you have, give the money to the poor, and come follow me. Uh, I don't like that one either, let me tell you. And I don't want to even have to think about what obedience to that would mean. So, here's the easy way to be obedient. There. Obedience made easy. And you can laugh. You can laugh at writing in it or cutting it out. But you know what the truth is? We all do it. We all take scripture and we say, oh, I'll do it in this case or in that case. Or I don't like that one. I don't want to have to think about that one. And we may not literally cut it out, but we, in our minds, we cut it out. And just to be completely clear here this morning, I do not recommend the easy way to obedience, okay? So let's talk about what that obedience might look like. Let's talk about how to develop character in your life. And let me be kind of clear on that one up front. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make two points here on this one. These are not steps. These are not, well, do this one thing, and then when you've done that thing, do this other thing. These are just some things, two things that I think we ought to be thinking about in terms of talking about our own character. The first one is that we must listen carefully for God's voice. We must listen carefully for God's voice. If, if character is about obedience, then I need to know who I'm being obedient to. Proverbs 15.33 says, Wisdom's instruction is to fear the Lord, and humility comes before honor. Wisdom's instruction listening to what God says, paying attention to what God wants. To be obedient, we must carefully listen for God's voice. God speaks to us. He speaks in his word. God speaks to us when we are gathered with our community. God speaks to us through a godly friend. God speaks to us in prayer. And there have been a few times in history where God has spoken to us through the message of your preacher's sermon. But God is speaking. God speaks all the time. The only question is, is are we tuned in? Let me illustrate this. 
in this room right here, completely filling this room. You cannot see it, but there are radio waves here. All right? Up there's FM 97.5, and over there's AM 1270. You can't hear them, right? But if you have a receiver that is tuned into that frequency, then you can hear that radio station. And my friends, you can't see it, but God's voice. God's voice is speaking. And do you have a receiver that's tuned in to hear that voice? I think that we have to actively arrange our days, arrange our time around a willingness to listen, to arrange all we do around a commitment to listen for God's voice. And if there is something in our lives that distracts us from from hearing God, we must eliminate it. We must eliminate, not just say, "Ah, maybe I'll get to it sometime. Eliminate the things that distract you from hearing what God is saying and what God is asking you to do. Carve out time. Carve out specific time in your day where you're alone with God to listen for his voice. Here's how to start that. When you have time alone with God, always start with this. Look at the cross. When we look at the cross, we are reminded of a God who so loved the world, who so loved us, that he would give his only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. When we look first at the cross and get that perspective, we're then able to then tune in and listen to God. Always listen carefully for God's voice. The second one is is to recognize that God's way may be different, but it's always right. I I think we need to acknowledge that to ourselves and to one another. God's way is sometimes different. It's often different. Sometimes it's difficult, but it's right. I'm going to tell you a story about a time that I got it wrong. I have thousands to choose from, but I'm going to tell you one time that I got it wrong, that I chose not to listen to and obey God's voice. A number of years ago, when I began to discern that God was calling me to go out on the mission field and to, and to live there, I very quickly and readily responded to that. It's something I had dreamed of. It's something I had longed for. It's something that had been in the plans for years. So when I discerned that now was the time, being obedient to that call was easy. So I sold or gave away more than half of my house, and I packed up the rest, and I moved to North Africa. And after I had been there for a few years, I began to discern and hear God telling me, it's time to move back to the United States. I've been abroad for 10 years. It's time to be back close to your family. So here's how I dealt with that voice. I ignored it. 
I pretended like God was not saying that. I closed my ears. I cannot hear you. And then finally, I had to acknowledge, okay, God, I hear you saying that. I hear you saying it's time to be back. So what I did then is I began to argue with God. I can, I can get on a plane anytime I want. I can, go, I can be back with my family within, within a matter of half a day. By the way, please hear me. I don't recommend ignoring God's voice, nor do I recommend arguing with God. Because I had to pay the price for that. I had to pay the price for the fact that I dishonored God and chose disobedience over obedience. But in the end, I surrendered and I moved back. Not willingly, not gladly, but I chose obedience over disobedience. And as my life back in the U.S. has progressed, here's what I've had to do. I've had to go to God and say, I was wrong. You were right. God's ways may be different. God's ways may be difficult. But they are always right. Now, the challenge in that, I think, for some of us is it sounds like, oh, Barry, it sounds like you're saying I have to be perfect. I have to have everything in line exactly the perfect way, and I don't know that I can live that way. So I want you to hear the words. So this, this quote has meant so much to me. It's a quote from George MacDonald, and this is what he says about perfection. He says that no obedience but a perfect one will satisfy God. Oh, I hold that with all my heart and strength. But that there is none else that he cares for? Well, that's one of the lies of the enemy. What father is not pleased with the first tottering attempt of his little one to walk? What father would be satisfied with anything but the manly steps of a full-grown son? Yes, God wants our perfection in obedience. That's the only thing that will satisfy him. But he's pleased with our attempts with our little baby steps, with our little efforts to try to get there. My friends, it's a tough world out there. Trying to live as a faithful Christian in this time and in this place and in this culture, it is hard. And God may be calling us to stuff that we don't want to do or we don't want to have to deal with, a stand we might not want to take or a position we don't want to be in. And it's tough. And let me give you a piece of good news. And it's this. Jesus said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. In fact, the Bible records the very last words of Jesus before he was taken up into heaven. And his very last words were this, I will be with you always. So yeah, it's a tough world out there. I agree. And it's hard for me too. But we're not alone. And seeking to develop godly character, seeking to be obedient when the voices around us are saying something different, seeking to listen to God's voice carefully and do all of what he commands, we're not alone. The risen Lord of life is with us. And so, my friends, take a look in the mirror. 
Do you like what you see? Do you like the character of this person looking back at you? And if not, what changes need to be made? And what will you do this week to make those changes? When I get to heaven, I, this, is, this is how I imagine it. I imagine that on the day I go to heaven, the day I die, I will enter heaven with, with the other people on earth who died at the same day as me or same time as me. And I see us walking in and we're all going to be filed for orientation. Right? And what I don't want to have happen is as I'm standing there waiting for orientation, I would be horrified to be tapped on the shoulder and say, Barry, come here. Your orientation's over here. Oh, well, why is my orientation over here? Well, this is the remedial group. Why am I being sent to remedial orientation? Barry, it's because there is nothing that you did on earth that's reflective of the way we do things in heaven. I don't want that. So I want to start getting used to on earth doing the kinds of things and being the kind of person that's reflective of what heaven is. So the Bible tells us that the one activity we'll do in heaven is to worship. So I'd like to kind of start getting used to doing that now. More than one hour a week. I'd like to engage in heartfelt worship of the God of the universe. The Bible tells us that in heaven there will be people from every tribe and nation. So I would like to get used to hanging out with and having friendships and relationships with people from every tribe and nation. And if in heaven we live in perfect harmony with one another, with relationships that are reconciled and whole, I'd kind of like to try that on for size now and see if I can live with relationships that are reconciled and whole. And if in heaven our character fully reflects the image of God, and our character is what God designed us for, if that's how we live in heaven, then I'd sure like to give it a try now. I'd sure like to see if I can begin to live with godly character so that my entrance into heaven is not such a shocking, jarring change. I know I'm going. There's no question about that. I, I know I will be in heaven. That is secure in the death of Jesus. I believe Jesus paid a price for my sins. And I have asked Jesus to come to my life. To forgive my sins. And to create a new life in me. So I'm going to be there. I just don't want to be so shocked when I get there. That everything is so different than anything I ever did on earth. So I ask the question. Who am I? Who are you? Are there some changes that need to be made? Who am I? 
Who are you? Let's pray. God, it's overwhelming to me. And I want to acknowledge first and foremost how much I struggle with being a person of godly character. And I ask for your forgiveness and I ask for your help. Help me to listen for your voice. Help me to respond to and act on the things you call me to do. God, I pray for all of us that you will help us to be people of character. People who seek to live to the praise and glory of you, our sovereign reigning Lord of life. In Jesus' name.